Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today's show, today is, I know I said, I sent my daughter a text and said, happy Wednesday, and she said, mom, it's Thursday. So happy Thursday. We are on our way to the end of the week already. I can't believe I really thought it was Wednesday, but okay, we're kind of (laughs) still, we're between staying in for fires or COVID or throw flip a coin and figure out which one, Um, but the health Air quality has been so bad that we're not even supposed to go out for walks, and I don't even know what day it is. So here we go. It is Dream Theme Thursday, though, so I knew I had that going down. So welcome to today's show. Today I had, you know, I sometimes get these dreams where someone says, hey, this is a quick dream. And Susan writes, I dreamt my apartment was much bigger than I thought. I discovered three additional rooms and was so happy about it. Suddenly, I realized I didn't need to move. So what happened? That's just one of those little dreams that actually means a lot to any one of us. Crazy. Because this dream is about limiting thoughts how we shrink wrap our lives, our space, our friends, our family, our partners, our possessions, our jobs. For whatever reason, we shrink wrap stuff so that we can deal with it, with the thoughts that we have that are a reminder to us that we are not enough. We don't have enough education. We don't have enough stuff. We don't have enough people. We don't have enough love. We're lonely. We're scared. We don't have this and that. And we live our lives fighting those thoughts. And then one day you're asleep and You probably want to move from wherever you live. And you want to even put the effort in going out to look. You want to put the effort in to get exactly what you want. It's going to cost you more money, stress you a little more maybe. But you're willing to do it for the space. But the truth is, for the most part, happiness will follow you. It follows us. The new apartment becomes an old apartment. Fast. It's only special because we're going to get it and it's new. We're doing something. We feel like we're doing something about it. But that is true in our lives. 
always feel like if I just worry about it or if I just think it, nobody will ever know that I don't think that's big. And I mean, it's always bothered me, but it's okay. And then we live in that it's okay attitude. A friend of mine, I ask her how she is, and she's like with this very sad voice, I'll be okay. I'm like, well, well, what's wrong? Well, I'll be okay. What do you mean you'll be okay? What is that? But in her mind, in her tape, she's always going to, I'll be okay. Because in her mind, if she's actually okay, then she has to face other things, right? She has to face other stuff. So if we stay on pause and we stay in the, I'll be okay. I don't have enough room. I know more than what my job asks of me. I feel like my partner and I are not connected. My kids don't listen to me. My kids aren't good enough. And you walk around with that mindset all day. And then your child or your friend or your partner or your coworker come into the room and start talking to you. And you're like, yeah, you know, I didn't get this done. I didn't. Neither did you. You need to go back to your room, clean your room before you can come out and have a snack. You need, and we start putting all these limits on everybody around us. Because we've already put them on ourselves. Now we go to bed and we have this dream that we actually have the room. The biggest part of this dream is accepting that you have the room. At the end of the day, It will never matter where we live. It'll matter how we take care of the place we live in. It will not matter what kind of car we have, as long as we make sure it's always maintained and can work. doesn't matter what we expect from our children. But if we taught our children to be independent, or gave them tools to work their way out of a box when they find themselves in one, we've done our job. Because it doesn't matter about what we see. It matters how we take care of what we see, what we have. It is seeing what we have that is right in front of us today. It is so easy to live in the future. One day I'll have a better apartment. One day I'll have a better car. One day my kids will listen to me. One day I'll change my jobs as soon as I do a new resume. That little tape, the one day tape, takes us throughout our lives to never 
enjoying the current moment. Discover three additional rooms is to say it's always been there, but I couldn't see it. Why couldn't I see it? Why didn't I realize I had space before? It's not like the house changed. But what changed in me? You know, these little dreams end up being big meanings because it's like straight and to the point, hey, you need to see this and you need to see it now. I'm not going to give you yourself flying. I'm not going to give you yourself dying. I'm not going to give you an animal chasing you. I am not going to give you getting strangled by a snake. I am not going to give you anything but the but the obvious. They've been there all along. There's something inside of us that gets put in us that gives us this weird angst or anger that we cannot achieve the impossible. And we live our lives thinking that one day we're going to be perfect. And if we're less than perfect, we feel mad at ourselves that I can't do that. Some of us revert to depressive type feelings like we're falling short We don't have the right tools, but everybody else does. It's really interesting. The illusion of perfect takes us away from enjoying because there is nothing that's perfect. So you're going to chase that ball down the hill for pretty much most of your life is chasing perfect. Those rooms were always there. If any one of us takes a look at our home and thinks about what we love about it, even if it's just loving the couch we curl up in once the day's work is done, or the book that we read on that couch, or that we have a bedroom with a bed in it, that we can sleep on at night, that we have a refrigerator. I know it's going to sound funny, but I've been in countries where this was not true. That works. You put food in it. You don't have to put a big ice cube and keep changing the ice cube. That you have to go by and get home before it starts to melt. That we have, I know, another funny one, a toilet or a bathtub or a shower. And and remind ourselves that our needs are met. And anything above that we create. And saying, hey, I like what I have created till this day. All the things I said that I would get so that I can enjoy my life more? Did they work? Did my life get enjoyed more because of it? Because that's why I bought it. Did I allow it to be accepted? Did I allow myself to enjoy it? Or did I set my sights on yet conquering something else and kind of put that behind because I already got it? 
a mindset that all of us have, that we have been taught, there's never enough. There's a saying, someone will be richer than you, thinner than you, and I can't remember if there was a third one. So how do you even compete with that, and who cares? Who cares? I think the third one was better looking than you or something. But they were so superficial that there was a time where people said that to me out loud. I was younger, though, much younger, like probably before 20 when I heard that. And I thought even then, who cares who's thinner than me, prettier than me, or richer than me? That's not me, and I don't even know who that is. But we get the stuff put in us that is counterproductive. And this dream is taking you and rewinding you to a productive thought pattern that you are starting to have, just realizing you did not need to move. What a deep breath it is when we say, Ha! I love my life. I love what I've done so far. Because when we can say that, the way we look at everything we have feels special. feels like, yeah, I know when I bought that blender and I bought it to make shakes. Do I make shakes? No. Maybe I should make shakes. That's why I bought it. What was it about that that attracted me? And why once I got it, didn't I do it? Oh, because I was going to do that if I exercised. And I didn't exercise yet. Hmm. Should I start that? And maybe it's too much for one day. Maybe I wanted to go in all or nothing. What if I just start by stretching today? And then maybe tomorrow or in two days or three days, I will stretch plus I'll walk. Or I will lift five-pound weights over my head, and I'll do three sets of 25. And then you actually do it. Doesn't sound like a big deal, right? But you just found your three additional rooms. Well, I could do that if I wanted to. Hey, I really did something I set out to do. Doesn't matter what it is, but you just, eliminated the rut of limiting thoughts. Like, well, you know, I haven't exercised all my life, and I know I bought that for that, but maybe I'll use it for something else. I don't really want to exercise. And exercise is one of those things, until you do it, you really don't want to exercise. Even people who exercise, they know that there's this warm-up phase, that once you start, you're like, oh, because your body just doesn't want to do it. But then as you start to move it, you're like, wow, this this actually feels pretty good. You know, there's something to this. Really interesting. It's the same thing with wanting to start anything. You want to start to paint. You go, you buy the brushes, you buy the paint, you buy the easel, you buy, and you buy all this stuff. 
And then maybe it takes you a week, you set it all up. And then you say, well, I don't know how to paint. You look up some YouTube things or you take an an art class or you do something. Once you put that brush in your hand and you stick it in the little paint jar and you put some color on that canvas, your creativity starts going. Christ says so many times, We have to start to start. But wait to get motivated. Well, you're going to wait. You could wait your entire lifetime. But the minute you put the brush in your hand, the minute you raise that weight over your head, the minute you mix that egg to make some kind of dish, and you, and you start to feel what you're doing. You start to touch what you're doing. It comes alive. Energy starts building. So I have a question in the chat from Maria. Nadia, I was just wondering, do a narcissistic person have dreams, like to guide them to realize their behavior hurts others as well as themselves? Thank you. Narcissism is dangerous to the person who has it and to the people around it. There are different levels of that personality. But the whole nuts and bolts of narcissism is to avoid themselves. Because what happens is it is based on a deep underlining insecurity that happens so early they don't even know what it is. They know they are different. They know that there's caring people and they latch on to caring people because they know the caring people do not see them coming. They just don't see them coming. And then they set the stage and they play out their issues. But the problem is they they don't know what their issues are. So when they dream and the kinds of dreams they have, because most narcissistic people that I have talked to or interviewed or asked questions of, because not many people will admit it and not many times do I say as a narcissistic person, but I will know that they're narcissistic. And sometimes they were people that I dated and I would ask them many questions, answer them, even if it was self-defeating because to them they knew something more than I did. But most narcissistic people, at least the ones I have talked to, One of the first things they say to me is that they don't dream. And I always say back, yes, you do. You just don't remember them. Because their dreams will tap into their vulnerabilities and they don't like that. They don't want anyone or anything to tap into those vulnerabilities. And that illusion of perfect that I talked about that we can chase all our lives, 
their insecurity tells them that they're perfect and everyone else is imperfect. So it's okay if they hurt other people because they're not as important as they are. It's okay if they mislead people because they're just people. Even though they know they're a person, but they're a better person than everybody else. And they only do the best. They only buy the best. They dress the best. But when they dream, they can't control that. So they don't like their dreams. And if they ever have a dream that they remember, where they're the person like everybody else, it bothers them. Because what if they did see that they hurt someone? They don't want to see that. They're perfect. If they did start coming to a realization that no one can stick around, they don't want to see that because everything is everyone else's fault. Maybe they did have a dream that they let themselves down or somebody told them that they were hurt because of them. They'll fight the person even in the dream. They think everybody is out for themselves and they cannot understand why people truly help each other. Like, why would you waste your time doing that? What did you get out of it? So even when they have dreams that they've helped others, when they wake up, they're like, I would never give that my time without having an alternative plan to help that person even if it's their wife or husband or kids. I remember a mother having to fix her daughter's teeth and saying, wow, this is the first time I've ever done anything for anybody. But she had to fix her daughter's teeth. She didn't have a choice. But it bothered her that that money that went to those corrections done on her daughter, bugged her. And that was just real life, let alone her feeling in her dreams that she may have to do this, because I know it took her a while to get to doing that for her daughter. So narcissistic people do dream. They say they don't for the most part. And they don't like it when they remember their dreams because they are just like everybody else in their dreams. The real them is what's present. We can't lie in our dreams. We can lie to people with our mouth. And we can say, look over here, I'm doing this. And they're really doing that. And they're accusing everybody else of what they're doing over here on the other side. And it just goes on all that. They'll drive everyone crazy because they are crazy. The really far, far narcissist. There's different kinds of narcissism. There's covert. There's aggressive, passive. There's passive, aggressive. There's passive, passive. There's aggressive, aggressive. There's malignant. There's psychotic. There's different kinds and levels. I remember, you know, thinking about someone very close to me that is narcissistic Oh, he's a lightweight. He doesn't realize we could see what they're doing. And their games are so petty that it's obvious to a third grader. 
but the narcissistic shield protects them from seeing themselves. Blind are the meek. But the not meek are not blind. Can see. And no matter how much you can see, they will be shameless and pretending they didn't hear what they heard you say. And they do it to themselves, which is why they can do it to you. Because their dreams bother the heck out of them. Or their dreams are so grandiose about how great they are and how stupid everybody else is. And hundreds of everybody else is not worth the one of them. And when they have dreams like that, they'll tell you that dream. Or just that part of it. It's really interesting that attention to self that comes with narcissism and how it shows up in their dreams. Because that's something they can't control and they don't like anything or anyone that they cannot control. Different mindset. One of the best aces in a hole that a narcissistic person has. It's just one of their best things that they have that keeps them in that narcissistic mode is the level of blindness that they have. They have no empathy whatsoever, not even for themselves. They could fail at something to a point that everyone can see it. They will never admit it. They would rather die. They would rather die than admit a lie, admit what they've done, They will even have created a story of how they didn't do it. They may say you did it. They will go to ridiculous, ridiculous accusations of others to take attention off themselves. And when they have a dream that they do remember, and they were just a person in it, Had I not kept asking and probing, I would have never gotten to the fact that they may have remembered one or two. And it bothers them that they didn't see where it was going or they didn't understand it. We want them to be accountable for the hurt. We want them to be accountable to themselves But it doesn't actually happen in their dreams. It just takes them off that pedestal they put themselves on. For the most part. They really internalize and do not believe that they ever hurt anyone. Everybody hurt them. They are the victim. There was a narcissist that I was dating that I really care about even until now. That lied to me and I caught him in the lie and it was all about me saying, well, which is it? Is it this, which was the truth, or that, which what you told me? And I looked at, I was looked at as the abuser of his victimization for pointing out 
that he lied. But it wasn't about the lie. It was about me asking if it was the truth or the lie. And he looked at that as me being mean. They never even talked about the lie. We never got it solved. It was pretty much behind why we're not together. And we never could be. But he couldn't see that. He saw that as I was being hard on him and said, which is it, this or that? Never mentioned the fact that there was a lie. That is denial at its finest, but it's sad. Because since me, now there's been a revolving door just like there was before I got there. You guys, my time is up. I love you guys. I shall see you tomorrow on Questions Friday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.